Welcome back to another In the Blues Tone podcast, another in-house edition with Dr. Rick. Uh, it's a good place to be today, folks. They're calling you Mr. Yeah Yeah on the podcast now. Are they? <laughs> okay. Well, they can call me Mr. Kiss My... <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't understand. I did see a couple of comments and I laughed. That's why I, I sent you that message. Okay. Yeah, but well, gonna, I'll, we're going to up our Yeah Yeah game on this I'll, podcast. Fair yeah, enough. It sounds it. good. I'm guilty of that as well, so don't worry. But, you know, it, it's the internet, so... People love to be critical. That's right, they do. Yeah, because yeah. they're so perfect. Good on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of perfect, today's uh, we're gonna. I guess today's episode will be focused mostly on like digital modeling amplifiers, solid state amps, maybe just the whole realm in general, including like the Helix, the Kemper, whatever else we can think of, and stuff yep. we've tested, yep. stuff you own that you won't admit to, and stuff that I've probably owned that I won't admit to. But we'll see how we go. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. First topic can be something like, uh, what's a good clickbait thing? The cult of the katana. Okay. How about that? That's reasonable. Yeah, I like that. So not to like belittle the katana, but I was thinking about this after. So I released that video early this morning and it it took off, man. People love it or they they aren't interested. And it got me kind of thinking like, you know, what's, what's the reasoning for that? Like why are some people so into it and it's got this massive sort of like cult like following? Other people are just like, no. <laughs> well, those other people are probably like me. They're just snobs. <laughs> and uh, they see anything new as being, um, you know, far less valid than than the stuff of before. Uh, but, you know, you've got to adapt or die like the dinosaurs, man. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, unless you've have tried one out, your opinion is probably not worth a whole lot. Yeah, absolutely. And I... I got to say, I was pretty impressed by it. I went in with no expectations and not being a huge fan of the original for some reasons. Like, I thought they sounded good, mm. but I didn't elaborate on that video too much about what I didn't like about the original. And remember, like, I borrowed Rob, yes. Rob's one. We took it up to the jam, and one of the biggest criticisms everybody has of it is to edit the – say you add, an, uh, like, some sort of overdrive within the amp through the software – if you're playing live, you can't edit that out. You can't edit it without a computer. Oh, so wow. that was like my the biggest flaw in like any of the any of those amps. Whereas the Mustang, you can get in the menu and kind of fiddle around with it. That doesn't yeah. have a menu. So that was always my biggest criticism of that. And that got me thinking, like, I think why these are so popular is probably to do with a lot of either younger players are getting into it and they're really convenient for playing at home or uh, the guys that aren't into it are just – they don't like the complexity of it to some extent. Well, that, that would be where I, where I would sit. If you, if you have to have a computer connected to an amp to edit the parameters, <laughs> yeah. that, that is a deal breaker for me. I mean, as it is with the Helix, um, you know, the deep editing, there's nothing worse on stage than filling around, scrolling through, you know, parameters and all that sort of stuff. Um, we're just knob twiddlers and hard-ass guitarists. So I reckon, yeah, that would have been a deal breaker. But please tell me that the new Katana has addressed that issue. It's much more functional without needing a computer. But to get right. the most out of it, you still have to hook it up. But the way I would use it was to just like a normal amp, set it up and use your volume con- control on the yeah. guitar to turn down. Um, it's brutally loud. It's almost an, it's a little bit of a confusing amp in some ways because they, they have a 100 watt 212 amp that's quite heavy. For a solid state amp or modeling amp, 
and it's brutally loud. It does have the power attenuation there, and I'm sort of thinking, like, who is that aimed at? Because a lot of gigging musos won't want to take a, an amp like that out to play if they're, you know, been playing a long time. Maybe some will, right? Mm. There'll be definitely people. Oh, you're allowed to say yeah, yeah, if you want, mate. You can. <laughs> uh, affirmative. I, I, Captain. <laughs> no, I'm only sorry. Uh, that's fine. Yeah, but those guys. I mean, look, I've played the Fender Mustang out, but I think one of the advantages of the old V2s and even the new ones is you can adjust things to some extent, but you got to do it in a bit of a mad panic. I yeah. Think, I think most of the old school old school musos will still be more interested, possibly in just avoiding all of that complexity because you'd still need a foot switch to get the most out of it, to turn the delays on and off, and it, it wasn't with the amp either. Yeah, yeah, look, it, uh, and so um, certainly, yeah, not being able to make adjustments on the fly is tricky because, you know, you set up your sounds at home, they always are going to sound different in the room mm-hmm. and with a, with a drummer and a bass player. So, you know, that's why I've never done a gig with my Helix. Oh, and no, I've done one gig. Where um, I just I just didn't give a toss about the tone. Basically, I just <laughs> I set it up at home in the headphones, almost took it out, and it, it didn't sound great, but it it, <laughs> it it did it did what was required. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's tricky if you have to have a computer at the gig in the room to you know get the mids right or whatever. Um, yeah, I can see that that would be that would pose problems for dinosaurs like me. That's oh, for sure. And even like every PA system is going to sound different yep. or maybe one of the tweeters doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's definitely places we play at where the, the PA system needs replacing or one of the speakers yeah. might have issues. And um, They usually sound pretty good out the front of house. Like most people who aren't hardcore guitarists probably won't care too much about the tone, but you know straight away if it's right. And, yeah, if you set up even those – this is exactly what happened with that Boss Katana. I remember I borrowed it. I set up the amp in the room at gig volume, like I had it loud because I always think that's the best way to get Definitely. the approximation of taking it out. Yeah, and I took it out and I was like, oh, it's just not right. Like the volume boost was too extreme when I actually got it out. It's yeah. hard things to judge and then you're basically debilitated until you plug it in. So I yeah. can see like as a home user, uh, they're fantastic amps, but I wonder how many people who are doing big gigs are actually taken out a two by twelve katana, and that's not to belittle it. I just feel like they're more aimed for people who are, you know, really enjoying them at home, and that yes. that would be probably yeah. their, their strength. Yeah, I mean, I use uh, my Fender Mustang mainly as a rehearsal amp, so I don't have to take any other effects, um, and uh, it's really light for for the, the sort of power to weight ratio is very favourable for that, um, but. Uh, yeah, I'm too much of a tone snob to ever gig, <laughs> gig with it. Uh, yeah, its main um, benefits for me are those built-in effects and the amount of volume we can get for the minimal lug factor. Yes, yeah. it's, it's ridiculously light. So it sounds like the Katana Two is quite heavy. Yeah, it's surprisingly heavy for its for its size. I remember picking the box up and I went, "Man, like this this isn't a lightweight, convenient option." Mm. The only convenience might be. That you don't have to bring all your pedals with you if you set it up properly. Yeah. But I always say this, and this is why I think like the best multi effects pedal is that New X Cerebus. It's an all in one analog controls on the floor that you can visually see yeah. and turn. Once digital modeling apps have a foot pedal that does that, 
game over. They'll, yeah. they'll kill it. Awesome. They really need to have mm. a, an effects board that you can plonk on the floor that's, you know, say if the Boss Katana had a section for just its overdrive circuit and you could adjust it like a regular pedal. Man, that would be mm. so much better. I don't know why anyone hasn't thought of that yet. Oh, well, that could be great. Yeah, there you go. Well, you heard it here I want the commission. Folks. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. The intellectual property. Yeah. But that, that, that makes perfect sense. It's something that you can adjust on the fly. You don't have to scroll through menu yep. after menu after menu. It, Imagine um, having that on your um, Mustang as well. That'd be great. Even if you have three patches or three or four pedal patches on one board yep. that you could assign – per whatever effects you get, even if you're only limited to four. Yeah. That would be awesome. You can adjust your delays easily and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. just just that, that user experience. Maybe that's what is missing in the design of these things. Uh, you know, people actually who are playing out live, so this is what I want. That, um, that's your spot on. Yeah. That's the, the best way to put it. The mm. user experience is missing. Yeah. It's like apps that are made by, you know, like people who – Think about that first and foremost. They're the they're the apps that are usually the best, mm. and then you get other companies that make apps for phones, and they they're just horrible. And you're like, why is this so convoluted? Like, yeah, you know, they don't think about it from a usability perspective. I almost feel that's the case for a lot of the uh, all these all in ones. Even even the Kemper, exactly the same problem. I love the sound of that. It's the best at replicating my sound. Mm. But you take it out and play it live and you've got the foot switch and you want to adjust something, you're good luck with that. Yeah. Look, it's, <laughs> they're probably designed for people who play in the same room all the time. Yeah. Maybe you just get your sounds right and, and that's it. I've no doubt the digital stuff's getting so much better. Um, I just spent a couple of hours with uh, a great Australian guitarist, uh, a guy called Michael Dolce. Hey, Michael, if you're watching – um, and he's using the Fender Tone Master Twin. Oh, cool! Um, and his tone for what he does is great. I think, yeah, you need to, um, you know, just have have your niche sort of sorted out. I think the trouble with us blues guys is that, <laughs> you know, even though we don't have a, a a whole lot of, you know, we don't have to have forty two patches in a night, but the ones that we do use have to be great hmm. because they have to respond to how hard you pick and if you pick with your fingers or like a hybrid thing and obviously lead versus rhythm and, you know, whether it cleans up, whether it keeps the top end, sustain, all that sort of stuff. So I think we're we're fairly demanding buggers in that regard. Yeah, and you've always got that uh, sort of ideal sound in your head as a, as a sort yes. of blues player. You know what you love mm. and there has to be a – I think if you're going to go down that digital route, there has to be some sort of uh, incentive for it. I think one of the criticisms I have of these new Tone Master amps, which is just something that I found out recently, was their price. They're really expensive, and I, I feel like you could. The only trade-off is weight. Almost is. is would you say that's accurate with the twin that you tried, or uh, is there something yeah, else? Well, it was just incredible. I mean, I'm used to picking up a twin, and it feels like it's bolted <laughs> to the floor. Yeah. So it was ridiculously light. It was just silly, and, and I think that's that kind of um, lulls you into this sense of oh wow, they've got it all nailed, and it's light. Yeah. But you know, having spent that time listening to it, I just thought, yeah, I reckon I, if I bought this, I'd be thinking. Uh, did was that really a good thing for for what I like? Yeah, okay. Um, you know, is is the is the weight of an amplifier going to carry that much weight that uh, that you would forsake the other things? So, yeah, again, 
I'm a snob, so um, as long as they're making valves, I'll probably still use a valve amp for my primary thing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's just it's horses for courses. If I was doing, say, a, a cover band thing all the time mm-hmm. uh, where I was just in and out and and had less of a worry about the sort of tones, I would be into, oh, what's, what's light and reliable. Yeah. So, cool. um, yeah, that would be what I'd be into. And that's why I've, I mean the helix for me is is just is a practice tool. Um, that's that's probably how I'd use it. I, I might at some stage use it as a pedal board. Yep. For uh, digital stuff, so through the loop of an amp. But um, for my main tones, yeah, I'm still stuck with my you know sixty year old technology. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when the Australian government gave everybody like. A thousand bucks to spend to boost oh, yes, the yes. or whatever it was. The baby and bonus. I ended yeah. up, yeah, I ended up getting one of those Line Six M13s. I don't know if I if I was hanging out with you back then, but it was no. like this all in one. It had so many buttons all over mm. it, and it was great for delays and so, same old thing. Great for delays and reverbs. And uh, this flies everywhere today. Yeah, it's gonna catch it. <laughs> Got some chopsticks. <laughs> <laughs> it had, uh, yeah, great for delays, reverb. The octave feature was great. Um, had a nice tremolo, but it's still like all the overdrives weren't just as functional mm. or as nice as yeah. my overdrive. So I've I mentioned this story, I think, before where I had that plus my wah pedal and then two overdrive pedals. Wow. And then I ended up, I think the second day, oh, the third day I had it, I just, I did a couple of gigs and I, I took it back. I was like, man, I just want to get a couple of small pedals and yeah. that, that was so much more functional. Yeah. About that Fender Twin thing, though, that you tried, the, one of the new ones. Is it a loud hundred watts or? Oh, it was it was pretty loud. Yeah. Uh, when we were in a shop and and I was just I was looking around thinking, gee, lucky there's no one else in here because yeah, well. uh, this is quite intrusive. But uh, no, Michael assured us that uh, it was really really loud. It all came up with the loudest drummer. Yeah. I mean, he's actually uh, done a speaker tweak and put a couple of different speakers in mm-hmm. um, because it comes with Jensen uh, neodymiums. Oh yeah. Um, and it's it's attenuatable if that's a word um, for I think eighty five watts right down to 0.5 Keep watts going. or something. Keep yeah, going. yeah. Just shut this door. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's certainly it's it's usable. I've got no doubt that it would be loud enough to get yeah. into trouble with. Um, but yeah, and I guess with the digital stuff, at, at each point along the volume taper, oh, this is what it should sound like. Mm. You know, this is what a a, a valve twin on six sounds like or eight, and it's just I guess their best approximation of what it sounds like. Yeah, I saw them doing like the the sweep of the amp with oh, yes. those really directional. Uh, I can't remember the they're like a precision microphone basically. Mm. It looked looked pretty cool. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I if one of the guys said about especially about the katana video that I I just released was it lacked that mids oomph that the valve amps have. And it's weird because in the room it was br- blisteringly loud, mm. but I didn't notice that. I noticed how loud it was. Yeah. And I remember turning the mids and not, not a lot was going on. So I wondered if, yeah, that it, that amp you've tried really had that 3D projection kind of thing. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, when I think of twin, I don't think of mids anyway. You know, oh, yeah, it is all beautiful. Bottom. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, it's shimmering tops and a big bottom end. and um, Well, maybe more of the 3D sound is what it was. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to get the 3D sound out of your iPhone speaker, but anyway. <laughs> Mate, what are you talking about? That's the reference for a tone now. Yeah, it's true. All, all the all the uh, cork-sniffing critiques 
Um, yeah, that's that's what they give their opinion on a speaker yeah. that's that big. But anyway, um, yeah, I think the being in the room experience is, is has to be the way. If you, you know, you, you said, "Man, this is loud," and you like loud, so yeah, yeah. Uh, I would I would take that to the bank. <laughs> no, to play probably. with you, mate. I, I'm, I've learned well. <laughs> I've learned well. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I was I was shocked how loud it was. I had it at fifty watts in the intro clip, and I was like, "Man, this thing's really mm. loud." Well, one interesting comment I saw come in is um, there's a master volume on the amplifier, right? So they obviously put that there for a reason. Boss, mm. there's this new thing where they released a statement saying to get the best out of these amplifiers, have the master volume all the way up. Yeah, and then set the channel volume. I'm like, so there was clearly like a I don't want to say like a design flaw or some sort of miscalculation about this, but Maybe people were complaining about the sound, then they thought, oh, how do we fix this? Oh. Crank up the master all the way. It was interesting yeah. that uh, that was even a, a – I saw that in the comments over and over. Oh, you're supposed to run the master on 10. I'm like, well, why is it even on the amp? Mate, <laughs> I tell you what. It doesn't make any sense. It, every amp I've ever had, you could control, copy and paste that into every amp manual. Dr. Rick, run the master on 10. Okay, chief. I've, that's – that's how I roll. You get the most headroom out of it anyway then too and yeah. then you can control other stuff. So, yeah, I wonder because they had a problem with their, um, you know, that Boss amp. Um, let me see. It, you basically plug a big 100-watt tube amp into it. It's like a tube amp emulator. It's like oh, a okay. load. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's their version of the SU reactive load IR. Yeah, all right. So it's loaded with IRs, etc. But there was a major software glitch in it. Um, so again, I just wonder if hmm. these are designed by engineers who are so so smart, but who 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 aren't listening to the needs of you know players, yeah, you know, guys who are either playing out or in the studio, etc. So uh, yeah, they're those little things that if they come as a bit of a postscript, it's like Ooh, we didn't think about. Yeah, that. it seems like some sort of oversight. Like it, that's not to belittle the quality of the tone. It's just that I saw that comment come up a lot. Like, yeah. oh, you know, boss, stay. You got to run the master on ten. I'm like, well, why didn't they just like not even have a master volume on the amp? Yeah, just set it to ten. Because you got your power attenuation, then you got your cha- channel volumes. I yeah. mean, do you even need that, or yeah. is it just a feature that what they thought, we oh, a- we can put that in there. Let's yeah. do it. We should make a video where we set it to ten and then get a hacksaw and saw off the shaft. So. <laughs> So that no one else can make this that that mistake. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. Look, there must have been pressure to bring it to market. Obviously, you know, Finn is releasing their Tone Master series. Maybe, it, yeah, you know, they were keen to sort of get it there. And I'm not, I'm not sure how these things work, but you just wonder if these eleventh hour additions to the to the uh, manuals are because they thought, oh, we forgot that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, absolutely. I, I think the Katana's still going to outsell everything. You know, it was the most sold amp at that price ever. Wow. The original one. Really? Yeah, and it's interesting also that um, no one knew about this or they'd signed agreements to not um, Uh, talk about it because all the videos went all all up at once. And I was like, oh, that's that's really interesting. Okay. Yeah. 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 um, I I remember Rob's guitar, the first one, it had that uh, slightly death ray feeling to it where <laughs> yeah. you're walking along minding your own business, you walk in front of it, and it just it, it absolutely <laughs> yeah. cuts you in two. Yeah. Uh, like a katana. I think a kata- isn't a katana a samurai sword or something? It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's sort of <laughs> um, It was pretty brutal. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I'd be interested. I would think a 212 would have a bit more of a wide diffuser that would kill more people. Yeah, it would. Um, but, yeah, it was certainly 
extremely that the directional beam, <laughs> that blizzard of nails. But it wasn't. Yeah, look, I think again, once you got it, you probably did tame it back a bit. But it, it certainly wasn't lacking in the power department. The, no. the pure decibels. Uh, did you have your decibel meter on when you did? No, your- I didn't. I, I did. I should have probably have done that. Yeah. But it was. I it was easily louder than I'd play at gigs. One thirty. Something like yeah, that. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm tipping high, one twenties, one thirty, wow. easy. Yeah. So it had a lot of oomph, and yeah, yeah it'd be too loud to pl- like if we went and used that at that volume tonight, we'd probably get asked to turn it down. Maybe. Uh, I don't think I've ever been asked to turn down at Mount Ease. <laughs> Would? Yeah. 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 Um, look, as I said, I think digital's getting really close, and I would never sort of rule it out, but. I'm figuring um, at my age, I think I've got enough else to last me until I shuffle off. You uh, stockpiled them at one point, didn't I, you? Oh, no, I, I, I still do. I actually, and, and <laughs> the other day I, I found this box that I'd completely forgotten about. How obscene, wow. ridiculous of uh, old, um, old Val. So, yeah, I, I'm just – I'm that guy that sort of loves that sound and, yeah, I've never – Turn up at a gig and have to scroll through menus. I just basically just turn it up, yeah. Turn it up, turn it up, turn it up, and and the valves just keep giving. So <laughs> <laughs> I think so. As our ears keep disintegrating, the amp they, keeps giving. It's great. They, they do, yeah. It's, Actually, you've been pretty reserved lately, mate. I'm I'm impressed. Yeah, I think I last have, two gigs. You yeah, haven't you haven't been uh, you haven't no. been your regular self. lasting. Yeah, yeah. I must be getting a bit sensible my old age. I, I think it's only taken me about 40 years, folks, to learn about dynamics and, and learn that, <laughs> you know, just because you can play loud doesn't mean you have to. Uh, Roy Buchanan, you know, Roy, the beautiful telly player. So he had his amp on 10 the whole night. Yeah. But hardly ever did he have the guitar all the way wide open. Uh, okay. And it's just this most beautiful, amazing sound where you don't have to use it. But when you do use it, people know. Yeah, Stand okay. up and um, – so he's – yeah, kids, if you haven't listened to him, uh, yeah, get into it because um, – he he's amazing a telecaster into a I think a Vibralux or something he used, yeah. uh, and just turn it right up, but but hardly ever to the ten. He's yeah. one of those guys that was sort of a bit ahead of his time, maybe in his sort of guitar yeah. acrobats, yes. acrobatics or whatever you yeah, want to call it. Yeah, like, definitely. Yeah, I think he did he, a lot of weird stuff. You could say that he was one of the shredders. I mean, yeah, yeah. People, people talk about uh, that solo in Rock Around the Clock as being the first shred solo, which still stands up. It's amazing, but uh, some of the stuff that the Roy could do is. Um, yeah, as, as, as good as any. Man, Chet Atkins could shred too, hey. Like, you ever seen Chet Atkins yeah. some of his, like, yeah. sweeping stuff? Yeah. I don't know if um, there were guys doing that at the same time as what he was or not, but he, he was, he could really let it rip, man. I was, yeah. I, I mean, great player. Everyone knows he was a great player, but he could really do a lot of what you see metal players do as well, just that crazy yes. sort yeah, of sweep. Yeah, definitely. Stuff. And all with a very clean time. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, no, he was he was just an amazing player. Yeah, incredible. I almost think we should probably give the two notes a, a try live and see if that sort of ticks the box. The two notes torpedo live. I've had that for a few years now, and it was it's great for certain things at home. I've never actually taken it out and used it live, but they've just finally. Well, a little while back now, I think they've released a new firmware and the uh, two notes torpedo live software as well, which opens up a lot of possibilities not only for um, what type of or how many mics you can use, but where you place them as well. So you can now have any type of microphone at the front within the space and then you can also have a second one either 
right in front of the amp or anywhere behind it. Yep. And it gives you just an amazing uh, – it's like completely changed the the feel of the clean tones in, yeah. in particular, which is what you mentioned on a lot on one of the podcasts we did a while back. Like you can never get those clean tones quite right That's with right. a lot of like emulation or – Yes. IRs and stuff. There was always this sort of harsh digital artifact with it. Yeah. But um, to get that sort of room sound, that could be amazing because it's interesting um, uh, when people look at the old Hendrix recordings from uh, Electric Ladyland, um, you can have the same amp and the same quad box and the same fuzz box and, and you just if you pop a 57 in front of it, it doesn't sound the same. Mm-hmm. But if you get the room right, that's where the magic happens. So yeah. I would be fascinated to see. I reckon that would be ideal. Um, so you can, you know, get that close mic sound but also a room sound and yeah. send that all to the to the mixing desk. That would be amazing. Yeah, you can get a blend of either and also set up a re- room reverb, which it always had, but you can yeah. now change it to a whole lot of different ones as well. I think – I don't know if there's additional ones, but you get the flexibility of the room mic – Mixed with a room reverb and also the close mic, or you can have. To, wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I'd actually be interested to see what you think of it. Maybe we'll shoot a video oh, of it at some point. Oh, see if it no, sounds I mean, better than yours. Those audio. guys are awesome. They're great. The yeah. Two Notes guys are fantastic, and and uh, they've been great supporters of of the channel. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm really pleased because, um, yeah, that's I guess it's part of the reason you, the camp has been pressed into service a lot with the videos. Mm-hmm. That uh, the Two Notes was. Great for the sort of dirtier stuff, but the clean stuff is where it sort of gets found out. But, you know, while we're on that topic, I think all the digital stuff gets caught, found out in the clean stuff. Yeah. You know, I've yet to hear a digital emulation of a beautiful, loud, clean Fender amp. Yeah. Um, you know, you plug a Strat or a Tele or a Les Paul in, it's a beautiful sound. It's detailed and it's rich and, and dynamic and all that stuff. The, the digital stuff just can't get that the 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 breadth of the sound and the complexity of it so um if the two notes firmware update and the software have done it then that is awesome i can't wait the best i've heard it by a mile Mm. Uh, and it it doesn't feel anemic either like i always have that problem where the clean channels look it was usable and it also depends on the speaker ir and all that as well but it you could still tell it wasn't the same. Yes. Like you plug into the amp and it's like, oh, this is this yeah, is really great. This is. gives you a much more, at least legitimate sounding sound in the room. It's got that in the room effect to yes. some extent. So, yeah. Oh, no, that's, yeah, they're starting to really sort of right starting to nail that's that. That's great. So it's great that you don't have to get new hardware to get all the benefits of that. Um, no, I'm really keen to, uh, yeah. to hear how it feels. It's about the, how it feels, isn't it? How yeah. it responds under your fingers and. And all that sort of stuff. I use the two notes torpedo for all of the pedal videos on the most part. There's a couple that I've not used it for because I think it would shine better without it. Mm-hmm. But I do that mostly so I'm not loud all the time. You know, if I did hundreds of videos with uh, with amps at full blast, it's not no, good, especially no. in a small room too. I mean, oh, you go deaf. Yeah, so it's been phenomenal for that and very consistent, which is another thing I wanted it for. But I think even now, like this is going to make them sound. That yeah. bit better again when I yeah. choose to do a few down the track. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's why you watch in the blues, folks, because you know Shane sweats over the sound. It's it's not just plugging a pedal. Here's what it sounds like. Eh, eh, see you later. 
um, there's a whole lot that goes into the production. So, you know, there's still guys on YouTube, and I'm not going to mention any names, that still only use camera microphones. Are you serious? I'm like, come on. There is a benefit to that. You get a very honest in-the-room sort of digital clipping uh, audio track of it, but I'm like, man, just put a Zoom recorder or something in front of your amp, just mm. anything else. You come know? on. <laughs> just the dead. Which which tosser is still nah, doing no, that? I'm not going to go there. Oh, no, nah, no YouTube drama on my channel. <laughs> come on, super chat, super chat. If you if you cough up enough, you'll you'll spill the beans. I've done a live stream for ages, man. Yeah. So nah, look, I it's just odd that um yeah, I'm always really fussy with the audio quality. I want to keep it consistent. Like the dog barking is driving me not bananas. Hopefully, it hasn't come up too much on the on these mics, but. Uh, yeah, it's good to good to be fussy and try to have something that people can come back to and they know, oh, this is going to at least sound pretty good. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's always the goal. And I think sometimes even if you've you got your amp at different volumes and you're micing it up, the mic placement's going to change the sound, the yeah. volume's going to change your sound, mm. all that kind of stuff. So the two notes made it probably the most consistent. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And functional too. It was great. Yeah. Well, that's why your channel keeps growing and the views are great and- all that sort of stuff, uh, you know. People know where they they come, you know, to get the quality sounds and and uh, all that sort of stuff. So they're coming back to see your guitar faces, mate. Who you can? <laughs> oh no, come on! I reckon uh, they've seen about enough of them. They're, they're just nasty, and they're getting worse as I get older too. <laughs> so this video will probably go up after our live session at some point. The I got a couple of weeks of podcast videos, and then this will go up. Yep. Um, that live clip, I thought maybe we could just have a quick chat about that. Uh, not the live clip, but our live gig, our yes. second one. So Yeah, yeah. You haven't actually heard much of that yet, have you? No, no. Oh, well, maybe I'll save that for another another podcast. <laughs> we'll we'll get, get it refreshed in your brain, see if yeah. you're happy with it first. But yeah, no, absolutely. I, I don't I'm think keen. any of us was the point was like, in, I don't think anyone on the, on the stage had any digital equipment other than tuners. Um, <laughs> no. I'm trying to think if. Like Dom didn't have anything. No, no, and and I guess digital delays, but that's all. Yeah, I mean, all, in terms of like the, you know, no one was using. Oh like yeah, no, 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 the, all all, all uh, tube amps. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we're still kicking it old school. Yeah, we are. We are when it really matters. When we want to put our best foot forward, you know, it's like it's like first date night. You want to <laughs> you want to sell a lifestyle. Hi, I'm a tube amp guy, and that's how I roll. <laughs> It's a certain certain type of uh, like guitar street cred you get by doing that. Yeah, maybe the opposite's so. also true to some extent. I remember when I was really like a huge advocate of the Fender Mustang version two amps. Like I love playing those things live. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. There is something cool still about these regular amps. That yeah, all the boutique yeah. ones. Oh, they and- sound great, and, and you know, I guess uh, the digital stuff's just trying to emulate that sound. Just shows you how how hard it is to do, yeah. You know, how hard it is to get all the sort of nuances right. But uh, I just encourage those engineers out there to keep plugging away, and you know I'd certainly do it. I heard a um, Andy Martin do a, um, a AB blind test um, between a deluxe reverb and the Tone Master deluxe reverb. Yeah, and I really had to listen to it hard, and and then. Once I'd made my mind up, then I listened to it again. And I thought, oh, is that right? So for me to have to do that, listen, 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 and and kind of have this sort of my pride on the line, I was pleasantly relieved when I when I thought, oh yeah, I got that right. 
It is weird, isn't it? I, yeah. I guess you know, blind listening is one thing, but it's that feel under your fingers, and I think that's the, the that's what keeps me playing these tube amps. It's just the feel of them. There's one exception to that, and I remember it clearly. I was at your place. I had the little, oh, not the little, but the what was it? The hundred watt Fender Mustang version two, and we yes, we modelled it a profile or a, or a patch off your Clapton amp. Yeah. And it was almost indistinguishable in the room. I, I don't know if you remember if they felt different to play, but I remember you being like, as you said, I'll turn around, I'll switch you between them. Yes. And that was yeah. pretty close. It was it was really close. You know, if, if I had to listen hard, um, it's it's funny, you know, in those ABs, often the emulated sounds are more pleasant for your ear. <laughs> yeah. You know, they go, oh, that's nice. Yeah. And then you hear the valve amp, it's like, oh, that's a bit kind of gnarly and, and a bit kind of um, – uh, it's not as hi-fi sound. No, like, yeah, no, it's, it's more good. unrefined. Yeah. But but then w- why don't you put a loud drum kit in mm. with that and then you'll go, oh, yeah, that's why. That's why I chose that. Yeah, You need a certain amount of ugly to cut through. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. It's a hi-fi thing. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, I think that's that's partly what separates them out, really, the tones. Yeah. Mm. I was also maybe we'll finish with one more prediction here. What do you think will be the prediction for like the next version of the Mustang? Jerk and Fender will have learned a lot about the criticisms of the of the GT range. I know some people will out, out there will love it, and it also depends on your situation too. But going from someone who used to play those amps live, the older versions, and yeah. I could get a pretty decent sound out of them, and I still hear them at jams now. Like yeah. a couple of our mates have them. And they're brutally loud and they're, they're plenty to mm. cut the mix. Actually, you're getting some pretty good sound since that last firmware upgrade as well on the GT200. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, look, I, I was I was happier. You know what? Not that Fender would listen to me, but my, my two cents worth would be maybe stop trying to pack it full of so much stuff. Just get the basics right. Just get a, get really good solid amp tones and it's just, a, just simple. I don't want eight types of delay. Or sixteen types of reverb, or a flanger that sounds crap, or whatever. Mm. Just get the basic amp sounds right, and get the sound that comes out forward yeah. into the room. Um, that was the biggest downgrade. Sorry to cut you yeah, off. I, that yeah. was like, how did they get that so wrong? Yeah, I, I just wonder if there's somewhere in it where it's exactly one hundred and eighty degrees out of phase. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, let's let's do something and. We'll kill the drummer, but the audience <laughs> yeah, will be going, I can see that guy playing the guitar, but, and I can hear someone playing the guitar in the next room who's playing <laughs> the same as that guy's playing. Wow, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like throwing yeah. your voice into a different part of the room. Yeah, it's, it's like putting your hand up someone's back and pulling their, pulling their chain. But, uh, yeah, that, that would be my prediction. I'd say use some of what was in the first series and um, – just just get it right because, yeah, the actual interface isn't too bad. And plus, on the Mustang, there's knobs. Yeah, there's oh, base metal yeah it's one of the best things about Reverb, it. Simple, bang, 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 on the fly. Yeah. So, um, uh, but, yeah, I think they probably just packed it too full of bells and whistles instead of the good stuff. Um, I, I would like to offer a suggestion to their amp. Um, don't make it lighter if it's going to take away from the sound. Yeah, the old versions of the Mustangs were a bit heavier. The speakers were better. It felt like a, a, a like a more robust amplifier, something very similar to what you'd be used to playing if you're yeah. going from like a valve amp or whatever. Um, 
Make the LCD screen, if it has one, huge. Yes. And just have everything there. If you need to tap something, tap it. Mm. You know, like using rotator knobs might be more cost effective, but you want to have that sort of touch response. Yes. If it had a touch screen that was big mm. and it had a, a like had that projection, they'd be back. You're right, and don't cram it full of stuff no one will use. Yeah, I think so. I think just uh, get the get the basic tones right. Yeah, which you know I think um, with these tone masters, they've they've it's leaps and bounds ahead of, of where the Mustang is. I could yeah, you know, awesome. there's a deluxe reverb and a twin in the Mustang, and it doesn't sound anything like that mm. at all. Um, so I think they've certainly got those things right. Cool. I mean, who knows? Maybe. Maybe the Mustang will just disappear beneath the waves and, and yeah. this is what will come out. But, um, yeah, I would think it's all about tone and not about toys and, and, mm. and gimmicks that, um, yeah, just don't have any sort of value for the for a gigging musician. Yeah. And I'll leave everybody with a little bit of a inside scoop. Fender may actually be sending one of those amps out coming up. Ah. We're in discussions about it and to do my regular review. And awesome. It's great that they're – like even though I, I love Fender stuff and I'm very critical of some of their stuff. Mm. They don't, they actually sort of appreciate yeah. some good feedback and. Oh no, definitely. It's coming from a place of wanting to make things better or appreciating. Like, yeah, for sure. Things are great. I'm looking really forward to trying one. I, I've heard a lot yeah. of good things. So yeah, absolutely. Look, yeah, I, you know, I think it'll be great for Fender to do that because uh, you know, like it or not, you definitely are an influencer mm. uh, for. Mostly a bad influencer, I'd have to say. <laughs> um, uh, my kids would have straight teeth and proper clothes if uh, I hadn't met Shane. But uh, <laughs> yeah, certainly. Uh, no, I think it's in Fender's best interest to send you it, and yeah. we can give a, a proper, um, honest review of it. And uh, yeah, yeah, from what I've heard, it's it's great. It, it does Fender, you know, probably better than any other sort of modelling thing. I mean, gosh. New. And it shows people a real-world use of these things too as opposed to just leaving it at home or, or doing a studio-polished yeah. video. Like if we take it out and play it live, we can yeah. both plug in, yeah. try it with a whole lot of different guitars, try it with pedals, yeah, see what, sure. how it responds in, in ways that people might go, oh, well, this actually works and I can take it and it's light. Yes. Yeah, so that would exactly. be cool too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. We might leave it with that. What do you reckon? Terrific. If you want to listen to the audio-only podcast, you can find it on iTunes. Just type in In The Blues or Guitar Podcast. It can come straight up. Or you can go over to InTheBluesPodcast.com and listen there for free as well. Thanks again, Rick. Uh, my pleasure. And let's let the debates begin. <laughs> Rock on. <laughs> See ya. Thanks for watching the In The Blues Podcast. Subscribe for more episodes.